I wanted to uh, talk to you this morning about uh, a, a topic in, in our, what we're calling our Here and Now series. Today, we're going we're gonna to continue going in this Here and Now series about the kingdom of God being here and now. Uh, across the ages, across the ages, I think, at times we make Christianity or we make certain topics in Christianity maybe a little more difficult than they really need to be. And that doesn't make us bad people. It just means that sometimes we, we make it more complicated. And one of the things I've always loved about Jesus is that Jesus had this, I mean, he had this way of going into deep issues in simple ways. Jesus, as a general rule, would often keep it simple. And today, we're going to talk about one of those things, about where he kept it simple. You know, as when, 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 when you're a pastor, one of the, there, are, there are certain topics in the Bible that are uh, heavy hitting. Like last week, we talked about forgiveness. Man, I mean, who hasn't dealt with, who doesn't continually deal with that? Right? I mean, we all continually deal with that. Um, this is one of those topics that is kind of like something that moves us down the road. It, it's, it's, it's a topic that, that, in my mind, I think of a sponge. You know how a sponge, um, when, you, when you put it in any liquid, you're constantly draining it out to get it back to, to, to center. You're constantly draining it out to get the stuff out so that you can use it, and, and, and it's not oversaturated. This is one of those passages where it's like God is draining us. It's not hard. It's not, it's not overly difficult, but it is super challenging, and it is also super simple in some ways, too. So today, I'm going to talk to you about what I'm calling about the type of person God accepts. You know, Jesus made some statements here about the kind of people he would be willing to accept, and the disciples were kind of misaligned on all of it. So I want you to turn, if you have a, a, a Bible, uh, to Matthew 18. It's actually, we were in that same chapter last week on forgiveness, but this is the very first part of Matthew 18, the first couple of verses. So Matthew, if, if, you're, uh, if you're new to, to the church or maybe you're following on a tablet, Matthew, Mark, Luke, it's in the New Testament and you start right there at the first gospel. And Matthew was a, obviously a follower of Jesus and he was one of the ones recording a lot of the things that Jesus did. Matthew's very thorough. He didn't miss a lot. It seems like he was on top of it. And and so we get here, the disciples are, 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 are kind of uh, all over the place, and, and they're in this discussion. But by the way, this isn't the first time this has come up, right? It's not the first time it's come up. And so uh, this is what Jesus says in Matthew 18, verse 1. He said, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? You know, and so you would... It's good. Jesus is different than most of us because if that had been me, I'd have been like, man, do we really have to talk about this again? You know, I mean, his level of patience is amazing with these guys. By the way, don't make superheroes out of the 12, okay? Don't do it. Don't give them credit. I mean, if this, this passage should make you feel a lot better about you. If you're having a bad day today, this, this is one of those good topics for you. Oh, okay. They really are some weirdos that are following Jesus. That's right. Yeah. So we're all in that crowd. And, and so, you know, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of, of, of God? 
Uh, so Jesus calls a child to himself. And it says, he set the child before them. And he said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted, it's important, don't miss that part. Unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, that, that's, a, that's a really strong statement. Verse 4, whoever then humbles himself as a child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So we're going to stop right there. Because there again, we're looking, if you're new to this series, maybe this is your first day at Clearview, in the Here and Now series, we're taking a lot of the statements Jesus made about the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. And he's not talking about the kingdom of heaven there later. He's talking about the kingdom of God now, right? So, so Jesus is just talking about here's the kind of person that God accepts and God's calling great. So let me start out by just saying this is what Jesus is not saying. Let me cover that real quick. Jesus, when Jesus says that you got to become like a child, here's what what he's not saying. He's not saying that we have got to go back to, well, you know, not every child, not every childlike quality is great, right? You know, I mean, let's face it, they call them the terrible twos for a reason, right? I mean, you know, you know he's not calling us to throw temper tantrums, right? He, he's not saying whoever, whoever is, you know, this way or that way about a kid or, or maybe even immaturity, you know, there's a lot of qualities about childhood that that don't mirror uh, what we aspire to be. That's not what Jesus is saying. He's not calling us to go backward into irresponsibility. He's not calling us back to a place where, you know, we're tone deaf to the world around us. You know, one thing I, man, one thing I love about just being around little kids or I was, I was, uh, I was watching a couple of kids play the other day and I was like, man, in, I don't know, I just had this thought watching them play. I was like, it's, they don't, know what the mortgage is and they don't care you know I mean it just you know their their biggest concern you know my 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 10 year old son when he comes home from school his biggest concern is what's going to be for dinner and who can play today right I mean I'm like man gosh that's got to be a great life right you know so so he's not calling us to that kind of mentality that what, what he's calling us to is a sense of dependency. Don't miss that. He's calling us to a sense of dependency. The idea was Jesus was saying, you've got to become something. Now, man, he's speaking to the, to the disciples. You've got to become something that you're not currently. You with me? You've got to become something that you're not currently. He wasn't hammering them. He wasn't mad at them. He was, but he, he, he was calling them to something. And, 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 and for you to understand this passage in, in any type of length, you got to understand the difference because we, we, we approach it with an American mind. It's impossible for you and me to read the Scriptures without, without an American mind. I grew up in America. In fact, I grew up in the South. You know, I read things through a southern lens, like it or not. It's just how I was raised. And so I have to detach myself often and put myself in this position. And so what you find is that in that society, seeing an American mind when it comes to a child, an American mind, oh my goodness, we'll do anything to make a child's life better, right? I mean, we'll, we'll do anything. If we think it'll boost their confidence, we'll give them a participation trophy, just for showing up, because that's real life. 
I mean, oh, that's another, another sermon. I'm sorry. I got to get out. But, you know, but no, we'll, we'll do anything we can to protect the child. We'll, and and not, we should. I mean, I get it. I, we'll do anything we can. We, 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 I mean, when I was growing life has changed, man. When I was growing up, you know, like the whole home didn't center around me, you know. I adjusted to the family, and now, like, everything centers around the kid, you know? It's just kind of how society works, you know? If you want to see anybody freak out and mess with their kids' lives, and so it's... We, we, we really elevate the importance of the next generation, and that's, that's not bad. I mean, that's a good thing. We want our next generation to be better than we were. They weren't like that. So, so you got to understand the power of that. They weren't like that. It's not that they didn't care about kids, but children, as the old, what's that old cliche, that children are better seen and not heard, that kind of thing, that's kind of how they did it. That children weren't, children did not have status. Kids have status in Williamson County, right? Kids have status. They didn't have status back then. So for Jesus to go get a child and walk them over and say, hey, this person that has no voice, this person that is fully dependent on everybody else, this person that is fully trusting this person that has no agenda, that is first in the kingdom of God. And that would have been weird for them. Because, see, these guys were jockeying for position, right? They were jockeying for position. So Jesus says in Matthew 18, 3, he says, unless you are, and I put it up here so you'd see it. The, look at, hone in on this phrase a minute. Truly I say to you, unless you are converted, meaning you're not there yet. Unless you're converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. So today, I'm going to talk to you about a few truths about what I'm going to call the spiritually dependent. That's what he's getting at. Who is the type of person that God accepts? Well, he accepts the spiritually dependent. And that's a long way from where they were, and often it's a long way from where we are. So let's talk about a couple of truths about who the spiritually dependent are. That's what he's getting at. Well, first I would say God honors those who are not seeking to be honored. That's what he's getting at. God honors those that are not seeking to be honored. It's, and and that's, what, that's what was going on. The, the, argument, the argument they were having among themselves was an indicator. It was a neon sign that they were not aligned. It was a neon sign that, hey, fellas, I've been walking with you guys, and I've been talking with you guys, and the very fact that you're jockeying for position among this thing, uh, well, there's only one king in this kingdom. You see how simple he made that? Like, you don't, you don't rank. And the fact that you want to rank is a massive problem. But they were human. They, they, they were human. They were striving. They were, they, were, they were pushing. They were seeking status. But, but in effect, what Jesus, I think, is saying, it, it, and I'm obviously reading into it, but he's telling them, your status doesn't have status. And if you want status, wow, you're really, you're really off the mark. And, and what that tells me is that if, unless, I, unless the status we seek has no shelf life, then the status we seek is not a good one. Right? Un unless the status that we seek 
has no shelf life, then the status we're seeking, it's earthly. And that doesn't make it wrong. It just means it's not eternal. And so much of our energy often, if you look at it, so much of my energy, so much of your energy, we spend it chasing things that have a shelf life. Now, here's what Jesus isn't saying. I don't think Jesus at all was saying that we shouldn't be ambitious, right? Ambitious, ambition is good, man. I, I'm all for it. That's one of the things I love about Williamson County is, man, um, especially raising two boys in Williamson County is, man, you're, you're around a lot of people that are in it to win it. You know, you're around a, a lot of people that have drive. They're, you're around a lot of men and women that, that really are pushing. And that's good. Uh, as I was putting this together uh, this week, uh, I, I saw a couple things that made me think about this very fact. Uh, one of them I, I saw looking at some quotes, uh, ambition beats genius. Listen, that gives me a ton of hope. All right. I'm not kidding. That gives me a ton of hope. Ambition beats genius, right? Because you know, just keep working it out, man, and, 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 and outwork your, your competition, right? I, I saw this about, about hustle. A hustle, the only controllable pillar of success, right? Um, I tell my, my uh, chargers, the, 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 the YMCA football, uh, 10, 11, 12-year-old chargers, I tell them, okay, Undefeated at this point, one and zero. You know, uh, that's right, buddy. Uh, so, and don't think it doesn't matter. It matters. Um, the, the, the the I tell them all the time. You're not all. God didn't make. I tell them all the time. God didn't make you all equal, fellas. You ever seen Michael Jordan? You're not created equal. Right? You ever seen LeBron? You're not created equal. Right? But here's one thing God did do. God all gave us an equal amount of hustle. Amen? Yes. He gave us an equal amount of hustle. It's the only controllable pillar of success. Right? And, and, and it's really, really true. Ambition, ambition isn't wrong. It's not. It's the motive of ambition. And that's what he was getting at. What's the motive? Now, you, you guys know, you, you, hopefully you've heard me say many times in my life that, that uh, Proverbs 16.2 tells us this, that all of a man's ways uh, are, seem innocent to him or all of a man's ways are clean in his own sight, but the Lord weighs what? The motive. If you, do, you want, do you want a like pavement level, asphalt level, on the street, Monday through Friday? Do you want a filter for decision-making? I'm not joking. Do you want a filter for decision-making? There's your filter right there. I use that verse all the time, all the time. When I'm confused, when I am seeking something, when I am trying to get to the bottom of something, when I am trying to figure out a direction personally here at church with my family, with my kids, something I aspire to, doesn't matter. You can put, if life were coffee, you could pour your life through that filter. Because what, what does it say? Your motive is an indicator of your heart. Your motive. Proverbs 16.2. So if you're ever at a crossroads and you don't really know what to do in leadership, or you, you're thinking about doing something in your corporation, or you're thinking about doing something in your family, or you're thinking about buying this or buying that or selling this or selling that or trying to get close to a relationship or anything you're doing... Put Proverbs 16.2 on it and ask yourself, why do I want to do this? Or why am I being compelled to do this? See, that puts, Jesus wasn't telling them they couldn't have ambition. He was saying that it's about why. Why do you want to be great? So he pulls a kid into the situation. 
God honors those that seek not to be honored. And there's, there's a little more to that when it comes to the type of person God ex- accepts. And I would say it this way. God, God gives freedom to those who seek dependence. That's the heartbeat of this verse. God gives freedom to those who seek dependence. He really does. He, 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 he brings in this kid and he says, a child is fully dependent on the people that raised that kid. Whether they're in an orphanage or whether they got the best mom and dad in the world. A child is fully dependent on the people above them, right? And so that's the whole point. Hey, fellas, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you can. If you want to experience the kingdom of God, you can. But it, you're only going to find that kind of freedom through seeking to be dependent on, on me and, and who I am. Because when you look at the idea of spiritual independence, well, think back across the annals of Scripture, What gets the people of God in trouble all the time? Spiritual demands for independence. Spiritual demands for independence. That's what, look, is it not not what got us in trouble in the garden? Go back to the Garden of Eden. Go back to to, uh, uh, Adam and Eve. Were they horrible people? No. But what did they want? They wanted their own way. They demanded their own way. And it's funny, because growing up, growing up in America, as I did, we, we even have in our Bill of Rights, we have in our framing documents that you are entitled to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And then all of a sudden you meet this king who says, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. It's not that our American way is wrong. I'm just, there's a lot great about it. What I'm saying is Jesus is saying, yeah, but which kingdom do you want to live for? Do you want to live for the country that you live in now? Or do you want to live for a country you haven't been to yet? Which one do you want to live for? Because that kingdom has a whole different set of precepts and founding documents, right? So freedom comes through a sense of dependence. Look at the children of Israel. I mean, God was constantly trying to get them not to comply for the sake of being a dictator. He was trying to get them to honor the boundaries. You know, I've even seen that as a dad. You know, raising two boys, one of the things I've noticed as a father, if I can't, if I can't get my sons, especially when they were small, if I can't get them to obey, I cannot protect them. I can't. So we used to have, for all of you aspiring parents, let me tell you, I, I can tell you, I used to have a lot of conversations with my sons about, look, when, 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 when they were like little boys, two, three, four, five, six, I would say, listen, when I call your name in a crowd, okay, don't look at me, because here's what I'm not doing. I'm not counting, you know. Two, two never. <laughs> not doing that. I'm not negotiating, Okay. But I would tell him, it's not, I'm not being a jerk. But there's going to be times, son, I don't have time to explain to you what's going on. It could be that there's a danger thing you don't see. It could be that there's something about to happen 
or me and mom just got a phone call. We'll explain it in the car. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why, but when I say, hey, I need you to come here, that's not a suggestion. And, it's not, but because, and, and they understood. They understood. There's a, there's a true story about a missionary, uh, now that I'm thinking about it. The, there, he, he, was, uh, he was somewhere in... Um, he was somewhere in Africa, I think. He wrote a story about it. It was about obeying God. And he said, my son was out playing in kind of the front area where our, our home was. And, and he said, I, I saw something. And he said, so I, I yelled to my son, hey, son, stop. He stopped. He said, I need you to get down on your knees. So he did. I need you to get on all fours. And he did. Now I need you to crawl straight at me. And he did. And he went about 10 paces of crawling. He said, now get up and run. And he did. He's like, Dad, what? He said, because what my son didn't know, I happened to look. And above him, in a small tree, was a black mamba. And black mambas are known to hang out in trees and strike things below them. And I didn't have time to explain to him why. I just needed him to do it. You see, boundaries are there for a reason. And God was always trying to get the children of Israel to honor the boundaries. Because boundaries led to freedom, right? Boundaries led to freedom. Think about the prodigal son. What did the prodigal son want? What the prodigal son wanted was his own way, didn't he? Go read it in Luke. Luke 15, Luke 16, look right in there. The prodigal son said, Dad, I want all that's mine. I want it now. And I want to go live on my own. I want to do what I want to do. And he said, okay. Okay. So he did. He let him go. And God will let you go too. He'll let you go. But I can tell you this. The far country, it'll overpromise and underdeliver every time. It'll overpromise and it'll underdeliver. Every time. Whatever, whatever you're seeing. So boundaries are there for a reason. And so, so spiritual dependence is key to entering the kingdom of heaven. Uh, it, 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 and so it, it's very indicative of the fact that we, we have inside of us a spirit that wants to demand our own way. But understand the very fact that we have that, that's the heartbeat of why Jesus went to the cross. Isaiah 53 says it this way. Isaiah 53 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. And each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, an independent, a demand for spiritual independence. Let me tell you what's going to happen. You're going to break stuff. See, Jesus is trying to get them not to be compliant for the sake of compliance. That's not what he's after. He's saying, I'm telling you, if you will be dependent on me, I can see to it that you encounter the kingdom of God here and now, not just later. You can experience the, God, the kingdom of God here and now. Because what got us in trouble in the first place is we demanded our own dependence of independence. And, well, okay. So the type of person that God accepts is those that seek not to be honored and those that that really are seeking to be free through being dependent on him. And then there's one other area that I want to share with you this morning about 
the type of person God accepts, and it's this, that God, God would grant authority to those who submit to his authority. So that's what he's getting at with these disciples. When he says, unless you become like a child, he's saying, unless you're converted, not that you go backward, but you're, you're, you're not who you should be yet. And, and it's, it's, in, it's, it's indicative of the fact that you're asking for this status push. And, and so if you want to be, who's going to be the greatest in your kingdom? I want authority. I want power. And, and God says, no, I, I'll grant you authority, but you got to understand the only authority you're going to get is conferred authority. I'm going to confer it on you. You can't get it outside of me. And you got to understand that. They were wanting to do it their own way. And he's like, no, you, you, you can't do that. In effect, what Jesus was saying to them is, look, there is no such thing of spiritual power outside of my power. There's no such thing. You're not going to have the power over sin unless you go through my channels. You're not going to have freedom without dependence. You're, you're not going to, you want authority. Do you, do you remember the stories that Jesus, or that the disciples would often come back and share about, Lord, the demons listened to us. We can't believe it. Like, we were healing people in your name. Yeah, you can yeah, yeah. You, you, you can see God use you in the miraculous, but it is inherently linked to the fact that it is through the submission to his authority that gets us that. You can't just go doing it on your own. That's going to set up your own kingdom. And there's only one king in this kingdom. So the, the great thing about it the great thing about the kingdom of God here and now is you don't, the reason I'm preaching this series and walking through it with you is you don't have to wait to heaven to experience the power of heaven. You don't have to wait to see God move later. You can experience it now. But there is a way to see it happen. So let me give you some, some hope this morning. Um, Jesus does the same thing with us that he does here. They're not there yet, right? They're just not there yet. And one of the things I love about Jesus is... You see Jesus a lot of times meeting people where they are, not where they're not. He meets them where they are. And then he takes them where they need to be. Jesus will meet you where you are. You struggle with arrogance or pride. Everybody struggles with pride. And everybody struggles with arrogance. Arrogance just isn't a, a jerk that's loud. Arrogance takes on many faces. At the root of arrogance is just simply demanding to do what you want to do. That's the root of it. You struggle with that? You struggle with demanding to live life the way you want to live it? Date who you want to date? Do what you want to do? Lead how you want to lead? Spend your money the way you want to spend it? Everybody struggles with all of that. The good news is Jesus will meet you where you are, 
He'll meet you where you are. He met them where they are. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter. But sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world to sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.